0: Bye. Uh-huh.
1: pacific point of view i'm tyler budge i'm hayden weber and i'm colt Almodova. and welcome back guys after a little hiatus there we are back and ready to review the end of the season national championship went down so uh just uh, general thoughts on what went down at the end there guys
2: well it was a, a pretty good second half of the national championship game i remember in the first half we're like okay it's gonna be a battle of field goals who gets to 12 points first is gonna win this game and then ultimately what happened is the Georgia Bulldogs pulled away. I told you so, guys. You guys you guys doubted me. But the dogs proved me right, and they beat the Crimson Tide, and I think a lot of people are happy to see that. Yeah, that was a good take, Hayden. Uh,
1: you're the only one who panned out. Michigan uh, didn't quite pull through. I know. Um, Colt, any takeaways from
0: bowl season for you? Uh, man, just never bet against Hayden, man. He just had a successful 2021 picking all the games right. He got his national championship pick correct. Never go against Hayden, that's what I took away. Mania too. Yeah, yeah, that's true, he did win, he
1: dominated. I did terrible in Bullmania. Um, My main takeaway outside of the championship game was probably the Pac-12 was a lot worse than, than I think we realized. Uh, that was an embarrassing performance. I think the loss that stung the most as a realization of this is bad is when Central Michigan oh my took down the Cougs. That was, oh. that was egregious, I think.
2: Um, and in, in the way they did it, too. I mean, they they
1: were crushing Washington State at the beginning. It was bad. bad. I agree. I agree. And then the other thing, Ohio State, Utah giving us a great game. I realized Ohio State, they totally could have won the national championship game this year if they didn't choke versus Michigan or if they didn't choke versus Oregon. They were, like, a few plays away.
2: Yeah, you could argue that was one of the best two-loss teams ever. And Jackson Smith and Jigba, is he a freshman? He's young. He's a young guy, and C.J. Stroud and JSN are going to tear up college football for years to come. JSN, 347 receiving yards in that game, the most ever in a bowl game ever, and he put the entire country on notice with that performance. But also, shout out to Utah. Utah gave it all they had, and and they lost Cameron Rising there at the end, which I think really sealed, uh, sealed that game for Ohio State. But just... In general, that was that was probably the best game of this bowl, se- uh, bowl season. And I
0: think we're probably going to mention it in, like, five minutes. But, you know, in the beginning of the season, I said that Utah's season was over. And to finally make it to the Rose Bowl, playing a pretty close game, man, I-, I was completely wrong on Utah. And also, Jackson Smith and Jigba, hot take already. I think he'll win a Heisman Trophy within the next two years. Wow. That is a hot take. We'll see
1: if... Uh... They call them Jackson, Smith, and Jigbo, or they just say JSN on the broadcast because we've seen both.
0: (laughs) It's a little ridiculous. Uh, Georgia,
1: national champions, very good defensive team, one of the better defenses of all time, actually. Um, Them, Joe Burrow's LSU team, Trevor Lawrence's Clemson team, and last year's Bama team, rank them, rank those four champions.
2: I think we got to start with Joe Burrow, LSU. Yeah, no, I, I can't disagree with you there. That team, and in hindsight, the teams they beat and the way they beat them, that was the most dominant team I've ever seen. Agreed. I'd have to put, did you mention, did you say Jamison at Florida State, that team? You can throw them in the mix. That'd yeah, make it, because could I would make put them five. too. They were just as dominant as LSU, except they had, I'll be at a lighter schedule in the ACC that year, but they beat a good Clemson team, and they wiped the floor with, uh, you know, a bunch of other teams, a good Auburn team in the national championship game that year. So we can't forget about that team. And yeah. then who were the other ones you threw in there?
1: Uh, you know what? Just just generally in the last like recent memory, we've had like ten ten champions. Well, Where's Georgia got
0: we've got to get a Bama team in there. Uh, yeah, because, because they
2: just blend in for me. I always forget. There's like you know the two a years. You got the Jalen Hurts. The two a year they were here. awful.
1: I put Georgia above that.
2: <laughs> I I've given this Georgia
1: team the nickname of the Georgia Mid Dogs because I I think they're just right in the middle of the pack. You know, elite defense, dominant defense, but the offense, as as was seen throughout the year, uh, you know. Yeah. Stetson Bennett. I mean, he, did, he is a national champion. You can't take that away from him. But, but he's a walk-on. Uh, man, they just wouldn't let you hear. That. He's actually not a walk-on anymore. He got a scholarship, so they can't. They say he's a former walk-on. Oh gosh, it's the way they always do it. Um, let's go ahead and talk about our surprises.
0: Surprise, <laughs> Eddie. Surprise, <Daddy? laughs> if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs>
1: So, uh, we talked about the bowl season already, you know, our takeaways from the bowl season, but what surprised you guys the most from the season as a whole, the regular season? Biggest things that caught you off guard?
0: Michigan fell off. I mean, Michigan as a whole, the whole season, they came out of nowhere. They surprised me. I didn't think that they would be on anyone's radar uh, to start the season. They weren't even ranked. And, you know, they came out, made it to the playoff. But then, when they had their chance to shine... It didn't do anything, and that drove me nuts, especially as a Roman Wilson supporter. My other thing that kind of surprised me was that 2020 did not really foreshadow 2021. I think we were looking at teams like Indiana, North Carolina. Those guys didn't pan out this season, whereas I thought we thought guys like uh, Sam Howell would be in New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Rattler. Um, Rattler, Michael Penix Jr. Those guys weren't even relevant this year. Yeah, I, I had the
1: exact same thing written down. I said Indiana, Northwestern, USC, and Liberty were all fool's gold. And Oregon, Utah, uh, Iowa State was fool's gold too, but Oregon and yes. Utah was terrible, and then they ended up being good. North Carolina was also fool's gold. I, I agree with that take.
2: Mine is more of a big-picture thing. And I think when Texas and Oklahoma announced that they were going to the SEC in the offseason, everyone thought that the, that was a genius move. Or not everyone, but there was a, a big group of people In college football, that thought that was a smart move, and and the SEC is going to create this premier league. But after this season, there's no way you can look back on that and say that was a good decision. Texas just went five and seven, yeah, and they're as talented as ever. They just got Quinn Ewers and all these other guys. I think Texas is closer to Nebraska than Alabama right now. Yes, yeah, and they are. uh, It's going to be tough to win there in the coming years. Plus, now they're going to have to compete with Texas A&M who has not only won, but has won in the SEC. And that is a bigger sell for recruits. And Oklahoma just lost their head coach and half its roster to USC. So Oklahoma might be a lame duck for the next few years. And I think 10 years down the road, people are going to look back on that and say, wow, that was a really dumb move for those two schools who were the dominant brands in the Big 12 Conference, which still gets more respect than the Pac-12 in terms of the national narrative. So I just think that was an absolutely dumb move, and I'm surprised that it looked this bad this quick.
1: Yeah, and one more thing I just wanted to note. I don't know if this is a surprise or what it is, but just the manner in which Utah dominated down the stretch was all too familiar as a Pac-12 fan. Because you've got a team, they were competing against Ohio State, nearly beat Ohio State, gave it their best shot. And that's what we just said was a championship caliber team. Utah was playing like a championship team down the stretch, and it's something we've seen before. 2016 USC, when they started 1-3 and three, and then ripped off a ton of games, dominated, won the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. and then Stanford in 2015 when they had c and they lost a weird game early and it cost them down the stretch. I just think that there's been so many cases of these Pac-12 teams, yeah, we're not good, but it also feels like we've had some pretty bad luck because there have been some championship-caliber teams that have just lost weird games.
2: And that goes to the non-conference schedule being way more difficult than it should be. And another team that we've mentioned a few times is that 2019 UCLA team that went 0-3 in the non-conference. They lost to Cincinnati, who was pretty dang good that year, San Diego State, who was in their prime under Rocky Long, and then Oklahoma, who I believe went to the college football playoff that year. And they wound up going four and eight, but if they had a cupcake bowl schedule, that was probably a seven-win team. And the Pac-12 and in the uh, USC year with Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold that you mentioned, they played Alabama and got absolutely hammered yep. in the first game of the season. So the Pac-12 is not doing itself any favors in terms of scheduling. And while we sit here and we say, hey, we play nine conference games and we play a tough non-con schedule, that doesn't help the Pac-12. Yeah, they don't and care. And they don't care, and unfortunately – it it does the conference a bigger disservice when it should do it a service by saying, hey, we're playing the toughest schedules out there. It's just not the way
1: the world works nowadays, guys. But, uh, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Boomer. So throughout the season, right, we've all made a lot of takes. Colt alluded to it a little with his his Whittingham thing. He just said, um, so I've made a list here of the best and worst takes from each person, um, in my opinion. And it's it's, it's a list of a few. So if you guys have other ones that are on your mind, I know I told you to look up some, but we'll start with Colt. Because um, Colt, I think, has the highest peaks and the lowest valleys. I'll tell you yep. my peak. Washington State, second in the north, boys. There we go. Yeah, so best take probably from the whole show. Colt told us Washington State would take second place in the north. We all clowned him mercilessly. That aged like fine wine, boys. Aged beautifully. Congratulations, Colt. He had another pick. Uh, Baylor played Oklahoma. Me and Hayden were like, Oklahoma's going to stomp these guys. And Colt was like, you know what? Give it to Baylor, and all of a sudden, what do you know? Dave Aranda got his boys together. That's my guy. Boom, another one for Colt. At the beginning of the season, Michigan and Cincinnati were in Colt's playoff. The two wow. teams nobody expected. So, how about that? That's that's the peak I'm of peaks. I'm riding high right now. Are I you can't ready?
0: wait to fall from Here we go. cloud nine. Here's the valley. DJ
1: Uyangalale was wow. his <laughs> Heisman trophy pick. Who's that guy? Uh, <laughs> he was not even on the Heisman radar for... I want to say 14 weeks of the season is probably a safe, a safe. After call the there. first game, um, it, it was, was over. That one, yes. Um, <laughs>
0: that was
1: bad. I also, if you guys recall, San Jose State uh, briefly made Woo! it into his playoff wow. uh, in week two. He he went and said, "I think San Jose State is going to make the playoff," and then I think they lost. I Had uh, them winning the Mountain West. Then they go them, five and seven. They did not. They might have finished I under five hundred. Yeah, I think, I think they, they were five did. and seven. So sorry about that one, Colt. They then, did beat Hawaii though. You, you already acknowledged it, and you tried to recover from it, but you just can't. After three games, Kyle Whittingham is going to retire, and the season is over for Utah. And now look at the Utes: a bowl game in the Rose Bowl, a Pac-12 championship game. I said that. Man, Colt, that's uh, you know, you had some good picks though, you know. Yeah. And Hayden, Hayden was a tougher one, okay, because I think Hayden's a little more hesitant to throw out bolder takes than me and Colt are from time to time. Um, definitely the best. Pack twelve pick streak, nineteen straight games. Godly, that was insane. It might have been twenty actually.
2: Um, now I think. And the, and the most meaningless game of the year screwed it the up. The most
1: meaningless game of the year, and then Hayden sticking to his gun saying Oregon was going to miss the playoffs. I think Hayden stuck with that essentially the yep. whole time, no, even when we were riding high, putting them up at two. The whole time, that was consistent, so I applaud that, a boy, Hayden. Definitely some more good picks along the line. And and honestly, the bad ones aren't even that bad. I think I got you saying, Behan Robinson was your favorite for Heisman in Week 7, uh-huh. which I don't even remember his name being thrown around <laughs> towards the end. No. He did have a good year, to be fair,
2: though. Right, just not nowhere near like a Kenneth Walker
1: yeah, or any of the other exactly. guys. exactly. He kind of got surpassed. I think you did have a quote, too, where you were like, Kenneth Walker is not on the same level as Behan. Yep. You. Yep. Um, and then in week ten, a team that finished six and six, Auburn. Hayden, after visiting Auburn, coincidentally had them going to the Sugar Bowl as late as week ten.
2: Hey, to be fair, they were six and two, and they had just beaten Texas A&M. So I was, I was kind of drinking the Kool Aid. I'm thinking, hey, Brian Harson is the next, I don't know, Jimbo Fisher or something, you know, guy coming up. Uh, yeah, that, that backfired, and I know a lot of people at Auburn are are pretty unhappy about this uh, most recent season. And then the very sad bowl loss that they had yeah. with Houston. <laughs> it was a tough end. It was, so I believe it was a five game losing streak. So. Yeah,
0: after you called
1: them in the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> I mean, to yeah. be
0: fair, Auburn should have beaten Alabama. Oh, my gosh. They should so. have. So,
1: wouldn't have given them a... Maybe they would have made the Sugar Bowl after that. Maybe they would have given them a nod. But now I must slander myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd let's hear say, the good takes. Let's, let's hear the good the, takes. Yeah, the good, the good takes, right? Uh, Michigan State over Michigan. Um, not only did I call that game, no, but I, I pretty much called it, like, play for play. I was like, it's going to be sloppy. Michigan State's not going to deserve to win. They'll win. It I, hit. I bet against that. You did. I do remember you bet against that. Uh, then, Illinois, week zero. I said they were going to beat the Huskers. Um, but I have to take this one back away from myself, because listening to the recording... I said Illinois and, and uh, Lovey Smith are going to get this win, but they have Brett Bielema as their head coach now. <laughs> so I don't know what that is. It's kind of like a weird, I accidentally was right. And then I'll, I'll just put this one in the best. I, I said you can't stop Jack Coletto. And after I said that, he was never stopped. So that was true. I think that's a good one. But here we go. It's the worst. Um, I picked Arkansas and Florida at least to beat Georgia throughout the season. Um, I ranked Iowa over Georgia. And I'm literally quoted as saying Stetson Bennett is not a championship caliber quarterback. <laughs> so I dare I say that was the coldest
2: take of the entire show. I think you had my favorite take though, is you were willing to die on the NAU beating U of A Hill. And we're cold yes. not. I yes. forgot were like, about that one. No, yeah. there's no way. You know, they played BYU tough and they San Diego State's a good team. They're they're gonna get NAU. And NAU really probably should have won that game by more than they did. That's actually true. I completely forgot
1: about that. So, you know what? We'll chalk that one up. But one that's on all of us the slander we gave San
2: Diego State all year.
1: Man. We kept picking against them. And uh, that's just got to be an L for all of us to hold, I think.
2: Yeah. I, I finally. Let's see. Uh, didn't you guys pick San Diego State in the Mountain West Championship game? And you guys are like, okay, no, now that San we're going to pick. State. <laughs> no, no, no. But, like, they played Utah State in the oh, Mountain West yes. Championship. Oh, and then you picked against them. Yeah, I'm like, I'm I'm going to keep riding that horse. And it finally, it finally worked hit. out for me. It
1: finally hit. But I swear we had, like, at least six missed picks on them. Like, multiple upset picks and just every game they They're were They're just won.
2: such a weird team. Like, consistently they. Did they beat UTSA? Or did they yeah, they, they won their bowl game. They, they won, like, 12 games this year. I think and I picked against them. That program. That. <laughs> that just a Pac-12 killing machine, but then they'll turn around and lose to, like, Wyoming the next week. Yeah, that's how, how they do it. That's how weird. they do it.
1: But, uh, yeah, that's it. That's the best and worst. Hayden, good good job on that NAU, picking that one up. Forgot about that one. Colt, you look like you were going to say something. No,
0: I'm just <laughs> just thinking, man. Okay. What a great <laughs> season we had. Yeah, not for the bummed. Pac-12. <laughs> I'm just kind of bummed that there's no more college football left. Like yeah. I'm anticipating that we're gonna do our playoff picks again, our you know weekly picks for the Pac-12 for this Saturday, and then I realize there's nothing.
1: Wow. I mean, why should anyone even tune in at this point? I, I'm in I... my late night <laughs> okay. feels right now, boys. <laughs> hey, you know what? Some of the best moments of the season. Uh, Gia the monkey. Don't know if you guys remember oh, that. that was a great oh, how I forget? I, I think it's still ongoing. Like I think they're like actively being sued or something like that. We got um, we got to look that up. A&M drilling the game winner over Bama, Seth Small. It's a great moment. Uh, Penn State, Illinois, perhaps the worst game of all time, but also the best yes, game yes. of all time, the eight-overtime game. I know um, I know. Madeline knows about that game because it made me like 30 minutes late to like a dinner because um, <laughs> it just <laughs> kept going to more overtimes. And come on, guys, that Rose Bowl, oh, that yes. was probably better than the Penn State-USC Rose Bowl.
2: Oh, yeah, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, day two of the New Year Six was a billion times better than day one.
2: I would agree. I would agree. And the uh, semifinal games. Last disgusting. note. I agree.
1: <laughs> the, oh, the semifinal games. Why? Why have they been so bad?
2: Oh, I don't know. I can't. The last good semifinal game I remember was Georgia Oklahoma and the Rose Bowl. Yeah, that and was I'm, awesome. I'm probably forgetting other ones, but it's a few and far between. Yeah,
1: it's. Uh, I agree. I, I just. I think. And then they've got to expand it, right? They've got to expand.
2: it. The they player. have to and yeah they've delayed talks looking for any reason to keep the sec on top yeah
1: exactly but uh as you guys know season's over as colt touched on but we we still have a chance here to recap you know the seasons for for each of our respective teams Mm. and um you know just just to put a bow on it um let's give them a season grade just come up with a season grade for your team at the end uh Don't have to come up with it now, I didn't ask you to do that before, but I thought that'd be a nice little bow on top. So uh, does anyone want to go first?
2: Uh, Yeah, I'll I'll take a stab at it. ASU, well, I think when you look at it and you take out the expectations that happened before the NCAA investigation, um, it would have been a good season. I mean, they went eight and four. They had one of the better bowl slots in the Pac-12. They beat U of A and it wasn't particularly close. And you look at an eight and five season and that should be acceptable. Well the problem is I think the fan base didn't adjust their expectations after the sanctions. Well not not sanctions yet, but the um NCAA review that pretty <laughs> the much alleged, killed, the alleged. Yeah, I mean it sanction. pretty much just killed the vibe of the season because before that people were thinking, okay, we're you know, nine and three at a minimum. This is a weak Pac twelve. We should be able to take advantage, we're returning everybody. And they really missed the mark in some games where they re- that re- they really should have won. I-, I believe the only game that they would have lost, regardless, was Oregon State. I mean, they were just completely outmatched. They had just can't win at Corvallis. Yeah, it's they've had so many struggles up there. This team easily could have gone nine and three had they been more disciplined. And that's just the killer for this team is is the discipline. But all in all, I'd, I'd give them a C just because expectations-wise they didn't, they didn't exceed them, I think they met their floor. Yeah. Um, they met their floor, and given the whole NCAA thing going on, losing half your coaching staff before the season, I think they actually did better than I expected after maybe the Utah loss or the Washington State loss at that when they were 5-3 and three and got smoked by a bad wazoo yeah. team. So, yeah, I'd give them a C.
1: Yeah, I think something worth mentioning for ASU because obviously we all watched like all their games this year. They just there were some games where they were genuinely unwatchable. Like, it, and that definitely yes. factored in. And then when they put it together, it was like, there we go. That's what we were talking about. But there were some games where it was, mm-hmm. it was pretty brutal.
2: Even the first two games that they won against what was it Southern Utah and UNLV underwhelming. Had, had they played slightly better teams, they they might have had even more losses on their schedule. But, and then they had some games that they played well and, and came up short in. But the, the loss that I think is the most puzzling has to be Wazoo. I mean, yep. there's just no excuse Agreed. to come off of a buy and play the way they played. And that sparked a whole thing. You know, people questioning whether the buy-in was there with the players, whether Herm Edwards was even cared because he was just taking notes on the sideline and wasn't yelling at his players. for. And it
1: was that cursed noon, the day after yeah. Halloween. Yep. Yep.
2: Yeah. That, that was that was a low point, I think, of the Herm Edwards era. But they had they showed nice resolve, bounced back, beat USC, beat Washington, and then ultimately won the Territorial Cup. So given those circumstances, I think they did about as well as they could have done. All right. Uh, Colt, do you want to go next? or yeah, let's I? do it. Okay, here we go.
0: University of Hawaii. In 2021, okay, the highlight had to have been beating Fresno State at home, number 18th ranked team. The low light was losing to UNLV, who ended up finishing, I believe, 2-10. It was a 6-7 and seven season. We somehow qualified for a bowl game because the, what it, the bowl committee decided, hey, let's just throw in another bowl game in Texas so Hawaii can play in the Hawaii Bowl. Hawaii gets to go to the Hawaii Bowl, but then the players get COVID. So then they can't play. Then you find out about all this dysfunction in the locker room with Todd Graham, all these allegations start coming out. It's just an absolute mess. Todd Graham ends up having to attend a state Senate hearing where the state is now talking about removing this guy. I mean, it was just turmoil for the past few months. And <laughs> honestly, one it one of the weirdest seasons ever. Bro, one of the most chaotic off seasons I think I've ever seen in a team, but right now, I think, is the most exciting time to be a University of Hawaii fan, because we are in a place where there's a brand new stadium in the works, or we could even expand the current stadium on campus. You also have a younger fan base coming in with kids being able to attend games on, you know, in, in Manoa. But then also, Todd Graham the other day resigned. So it alleviated all the problems. He now saves UH $1.2 million. And as of this week, and I think by this weekend, The University of Hawaii is going to hire June Jones, who led us to the promised land. Or Urban Meyer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, maybe Nick Saban. But, like, it's just so weird. I'm so stoked. We've lost a whole bunch of guys. I mean, you talk about Darius Muasau, our leader on defense, going to UCLA. You have Chevin Cordero going to San Jose State, who's in our division. Like, we're going to have to play him this year. And the running back, too, right? Yes, we lost Day-Day Hunter to Nevada, I believe. And so... I can't even name you half the guys on this team anymore, but there's a lot of promise and there's a lot of excitement, and I'm so stoked to be a Hawaii fan, but what a hell of a season this was, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, complete chaos for Hawaii, but you know maybe he'll get some of those island boys to come out, play for the team if you get June Jones there. If I come add, on. If,
2: if I may add really quick, this kind of just comes full circle as an ASU fan because after Dennis Erickson was fired in 2011, ASU was going to hire June Jones. Yes. And the boosters axed it. They they said no and then they turned around and hired Todd Graham instead oh, of June Jones.
1: Oh my goodness that would be an insane full circle. It's just
2: so weird but you know I'm happy for Hawaii I think June Jones is a great fit out there.
0: And one more thing on that. I'm so thankful to ASU for buying out Todd Graham's contract for whatever <laughs> $10 million it was because that's also part of the reason Todd is able to walk away from Hawaii and not need his $1.2 million. It's actually true. ASU was Hawaii's saving grace in the end. Who'd
1: have guessed? Who'd have guessed? um oregon state Uh, i think probably i'll sound maybe the most optimistic i don't know colts sounded a little more optimistic than i would think uh, after the season they had but for oregon state i feel like we are on the right track and it already feels like jonathan smith is building what mike Riley had at oregon state and that is a team that is going to exceed expectations for a team that plays in corvallis but it felt like for a little sliver in there in the middle of the season that this could be something more and uh you've got you've got turnover on the ducks. They're bringing in Dan Lanning um next year, next year can be our year. it can. It's not make it or break it, obviously, but I think the next biggest leap for Oregon State next season is going to be consistency. There was a few lapses this year. I'd probably give Oregon State like a B, maybe a B plus for this season because obviously we were we were down with Gary Anderson, but to make a bowl game to get back lose the bowl game obviously is not ideal It was a tough bowl matchup getting that mountain west champion is never never fun uh, and then the losses to cal and colorado obviously really wish could happen back but i can't be upset because we exceeded expectations for this season and consistency is the next leap it's the biggest leap usually but it's the next
2: leap my biggest takeaway from oregon state is their culture and the way that it has transformed since Jonathan Smith took over. And I remember watching the ASU. I can't remember if it was some podcast I was listening to or it was a broadcast. But they were talking about with Oregon State, you're never going to out recruit Oregon. It just can't. Ha- it will not. It won't happen. You're not going to get the best of the best in the Pacific Northwest because Oregon and Washington are just stalwarts. They yeah. own that part of the country. Jonathan Smith has assembled a group of guys who just love to ball. They love football. They like being physical. They like the game. They don't like necessarily what the game brings them, but they just like to go out and play, you know? Yeah. And I think that is how you establish a championship culture. In Oregon State, it within the next five years, will win a North title. I think it'll happen. Washington <laughs> is down. Oregon, people are underestimating the amount of talent that they lost. They lost Travis Dye. They lost Kayvon Thibodeau. We lost their head coach. They lost their head coach. Yeah. And Dan was... Landing is not a slam dunk. He could he could I... very well pan out. That is what I'm praying on. I'm honestly. thinking there might be a couple rocky years in the beginning with Dan Landing, and it might be a bit of an adjustment period. I think this is Oregon State's division to lose next year. Yes. Wow. That's my opinion. Maybe yeah. a hot take.
1: No, no. That, honestly, that's a. I think it's a, bit a battle of the Oregon's for next year's North. It should be by all means. Um, but yeah. I think it's insane. Oregon State unironically had the best O line in football this year. In foot like Oregon State should never have the best O line and yet Jonathan Smith said, Yeah, we have the best O line. Cole, what were
0: you saying? I just think it's awesome that Oregon State is in the north. They don't have to play USC and UCLA who seem like they're on the rise. Utah also on the rise. You know, Washington State's gonna fall apart next year. At the, at least that's what I'm thinking. Jaden Delora is no longer there. Stanford and <laughs> Stanford, Washington and, and Cal, up. they've been irrelevant. And so Oregon State, man, they could go on a run here. Hopefully they make it to the Pac-12 championship, and then hopefully they maybe upset one of these South teams.
1: The other thing, though, is you guys have never been an Oregon State fan before, uh, so I, I do have the dread that, like, a 3-9 and nine season might be incoming, something like that. It always happens. But let's talk about one of the biggest stories of the entire offseason. It's going to continue to be a big story, the transfer portal. Wow. And uh, so many names being thrown around. Um Some of the big names in the Pac-12, you've got Jackson Dart leaving USC, you've got Caleb Williams rumored to USC, Lincoln Riley catalyzing a lot of the chaos in the middle there. You had Dylan Gabriel coming in, Colt wasn't going insane because they went to UCLA, but then he went back to Oklahoma. Just so much turmoil. So uh, what moves do you guys like the most, and what moves do you guys not like so far in the Pac-12?
2: Well, I'm going to start with one I don't like, and that's Jaden Delora to U of A. That's just disgusting. Uh, Then that, of course, comes with with bias. I mean, that's a great pickup for U of A. That's about as good as they could have done, given where their program is at. And I I sit there and I think, why would he go to U of A? Yeah. I just don't get it. I mean, unless there's, like, some Hawaii guy on the coaching staff, or I don't know. I mean, I I don't think so. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, Washington State, even next year, you say they're, they might be in shambles. They'll be in a better place to win than U of A next year. And he kind of just gave, I think, U of A a chip that might get them in maybe bowl eligibility talks. But, see, I mean, that was a good pickup for, for U of A. Go ahead on your point.
1: I was going to say, I would say that about U of A, but they're at a conference schedule. Have you seen that?
2: Oh, it's ridiculous. It is brutal. They, might, is brutal. they might win one game. We'll see how San Diego State is next year. But North Dakota State... <laughs> Why would you schedule that game? That's such a terrible schedule. And then who else do they play? Like Mississippi State. They're a good team on the rise. That sucks. I just
0: don't know why DeLore would go to U of A. Knowing that Wazoo rehired a guy that was already in their staff, I felt like that was maybe a move to keep some consistency. Maybe they felt like DeLore and the rest of the offense, the guys that were staying back, kind of liked that head coach. But apparently not. I don't know what U of A offers that Wazoo didn't have. And especially as an ASU, you might have had a girlfriend at U of A. It's sometimes <laughs> it boils down to maybe, man, or but
2: climate. That's the only other thing. I, maybe he hates the snow, and he, and with Rolo not being there, it just wasn't worth it. Maybe I don't know, man. I,
0: it's I, tough though. Yeah. Being an ASU fan with a Hawaii guy at U of A, I might have to root for U of A a little bit
2: next no. year, boys. No, don't no, do that. No, we got I, Hawaii guys out here. Yeah, come on. Cole. We don't have Delora. Uh,
1: see, I'll.
2: I'll we, we have I'll Ben Scott, with, dude. He went, went to Miliani or something. Let's go. <laughs> One one
1: I don't like, uh, and it's on the same wavelength as you, Hayden, Bo Nix to Oregon. Um, And I don't like this because this is, this is, Bo Nix is just an absolute goon. Like, he is a goon, and he wins games, and he wins games that don't make sense, and he improvises, and he does crazy stuff, and he's like the opposite of Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown was like, yeah, he just does the right thing over and over, and then he screws up, and he's not doing anything flashy. And he was terrible. He was terrible for the Ducks. Terrible. And now bringing in a guy like Bo Nix, who's got that veteran leadership, I think he's the type of quarterback, you put him in the right situation, and he could go off. So Bo Nix is the variable that terrifies me on the Ducks this year because I'm like, oh, man, they could. Like, if Oregon played Georgia and Bo Nix goes off and beats Georgia, wouldn't surprise me. But we've seen bad Bo as well. Oh, yeah. But it's good Bo that terrifies me.
2: Well, as having uh, some – some sources at Auburn. I hear that uh, Bo Nix wasn't exactly liked out there, and people think that he was mainly uh, in a position to start because of his lineage. His, dad, his, his yeah. dad is a booster, and I believe he played at Auburn. So, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll kick off the moves I like the most. Well, Colt didn't.
0: Well, I, oh. I, had, I had the Laura, I had Nix. Um, my other one I can think of off the top of my head, Brendan Rice. I think that's really cool that he went to USC, right? Is that where he's you. going? Yeah, yeah it yeah. is. I think that would be a great addition to Lincoln Riley's staff. Oh, so yours was also Delora you didn't like. Yeah, I didn't like that yeah, because okay. now I have to root against Delora, even though I will root for him.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but, okay. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, start. Okay, so mine, uh, Johnny Wilson transferring out of ASU. That needed to happen. That guy was soft. Oh, you liked that one. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, he's just one of those guys where... He's got all the tools, but I just feel like he's one of those guys, and, and even some other guys in the transfer portal. So something tells me some of these guys don't love the game, and they just like the recruiting visits and looking cool in pictures. Oh. And this could be an out-of-pocket statement. Okay, but, Kirk, Kirk Street. <laughs> but, I mean, I said some, not all. <laughs> but, I don't know. That that might not be Johnny Wilson, and that might be totally out-of-pocket. But, I, I just... He dropped too many balls. He was a four-star recruit, and he just didn't deliver. So I think, you know, maybe even good for him. I like that he's getting a new opportunity under Mike Norvell at Florida State. Hopefully he goes out and succeeds. And, I, and I'm just going to stick with ASU's class. Paul Tyson transferring here from Alabama. Yep. Bear Bryant's great grandson. So we got some good winning lineage going on. The Miami D end? Yep. Uh, Nesta Jade Silvera, who's the top, top guy in the portal that we got. And then Jazavian Halliday? Validay? I don't know how you say his name. Future spelling
1: game guy. Yeah, uh,
2: Wyoming's running back who just came off of a 1,000-yard rushing season. He will offset the loss of Chip Traynham. That's good. But I think my all-time favorite move in the portal is Washington State actually made a very underrated pickup at quarterback, Cameron Ward, Mm. Mm -hmm. a freshman from Incarnate? Incarnate Incarnate Ward. Incarnate Ward out of Texas, He's listed as a four-star in the portal. He's, like, one of the greatest FCS quarterbacks that we've seen in recent memory, and he's coming up, and Wazoo nabbed him. He might even be an upgrade over Delora. We'll see, but I really like that. no one's an upgrade. (laughs) I really like that move for Wazoo.
1: I agree, and I think seeing the numbers that Jaden Delora put up, uh, there's no reason to believe that Cameron Ward can't put up those same numbers. I had the same guy listed. Good quarterback for a bad situation. I think he gives them... A
0: sneaky, sneaky upset bid in in some games. I think we can kick off the national one now, outside of the Pac-12 our national transfer portal. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, picks. I'm gonna lead off with Dylan Gabriel going to Oklahoma. I mean, he was initially he left UCF because I believe Mikey Keen is now the guy there and probably a better fit now that he can move on and get onto a Power Five legit school. Was initially supposed to go to UCLA probably found that D- that DTR was going to return when Oklahoma came calling. You know, that's something I would have made in an instant as well. I just think it's an awesome opportunity for Gabriel to really like reinvent his career. He did well at UCF before he got hurt. And I just really <laughs> hope the best for that guy, man. Millilani guy, that's where I'm he from. He just wanted to talk about Dylan Gabriel. Oh, of didn't course. He? Uh I'll I'll throw out Michael Phoenix
1: Jr. I mean, it's not it's still in the Pac-12, but I feel like somebody had to shout him out. He came to Washington. He came So uh, I'm really excited to see Michael Penix Jr. uh, in the Pac-12 conference.
2: (laughs) Okay, that that threw me off. Uh, What was I going to talk about? Okay, JT Daniels. (laughs) (laughs) JT? Yeah, JT Daniels is basically the next Tate Martell, who is now in the transfer portal for like the fifth time. And then his fellow USC former teammate, Brew McCoy, who has spent definitely more time in the transfer portal than he has on the field. Do you guys remember the Bru McCoy saga a couple years ago? He's a five-star recruit, I believe, out of modern day. Did he decommit like four times? He was a USC commit, flips to Texas, signs with Texas. He flipped on signing day. Wow. Signs with Texas, immediately transfers back to USC, and after two years, he is now back in the transfer portal. My goodness. Rumored to te- I'm just kidding. Rumored to Texas. No, he's not. Um, and, but no, in all seriousness, I think I'd love to see where JT Daniels is going to end up. I know Will he come. I've heard maybe Colorado might have a dark horse Ugh. shot. I would not like to see that And Colorado. I got to say has gotten absolutely hammered in the transfer portal this year. Yeah, they have lost so much talent. They lost Levante Chennault, Brendan Rice, a bunch of other guys I've never heard of that are good. So, you know, Jarek Broussard, Jarek yeah. Broussard, they lost their star running back. I mean, my goodness. They're getting decimated. And that's, that's kind of sad to see for them. But if they do land JT Daniels, that'd be cool. If I had to bet, though, I bet he'd go to Notre Dame or maybe like a West Virginia, one of those you know high-scoring offense-type teams. So I think that'll be interesting to see how that develops.
1: Yeah, I agree. The transfer portal, very much a large part of college football now. It's like free agency yeah. in college. Um, But let's talk about, let's look forward to the 2022 season because obviously that's what the transfer portal is going to affect. It's still early, so I'm not asking for too much from you guys, but we're going to do one take for the Pac-12 North, one for the Pac-12 South, and one for the national picture. Doesn't even have to be bold.
0: It can be as mild as you want. Colt? We go bold. What conference do you want me to start with? I mean, division. Pac-12 North. We'll start with the North. We'll start with the North. I got David Shaw will be fired in 2022, and I'll tell you when. After he loses to ASU, I believe that that's an ASU home game this year, or a Stanford home game this year. It'll be yeah, at the we farm.
1: Do. We do, yeah. S-
0: Stanford will start the season 2-4, and four, and that's uh, when he'll get fired. Do you have a okay. south take? My south take? Okay, yeah, so I've yeah got, might as well Yes, yeah, do both. I've got U of A making a bowl game after going 1-11 <laughs> and 11 last year. I think Delore gets it done.
2: I just did not see I, that. Man, I, I, don't. I'm not gonna like where this next season's going with all the U of A picks that are likely to come.
1: Yeah, neither am I. I, they I would have. And I was honestly, I wanted to pick U of A for a bowl game because it's like they were trending in the right direction. They got to I just think they got the wrong schedule this year. Like, yeah, I just can't even. I honestly cannot even see them winning one out of conference game. No,
2: it, they might win three games. So
1: they would have to go six and three in conference to make a bowl game, and yeah. I just don't think that's gonna happen believe in my opinion
2: yeah well I, I guess i'll go next it's gonna be a big year for cal and justin wilcox because they flew under the radar with how disappointing they were this year they were what four and eight five and they seven. Were five and seven five and seven okay so they they lost some inexcusable games particularly to u of a i mean that was probably the worst loss in the conference this year although like half their roster was out with COVID at the time yeah I would say look out for Cal. I think they're going to have a bounce-back season. I don't think they're going to compete in the North you know, with the top teams. But I think they could make some noise. And they did land Jackson Sermon in the transfer portal. And they also got Jack Plummer from uh, uh, Purdue. Yep. Will Plummer's brother. Wow. So look out for Cal. I think they could definitely make a bowl game and maybe pick some big teams off this year because I think Justin Wilcox is going to coach with his back against a wall this year. And then in the South... The battle for L.A. may very well decide the Pac-12 South when it comes down to it. Let's assume USC gets Caleb Williams because that's what it's looking like. If not, I mean, who is their quarterback going to be next year? Miller Moss? It's going to be someone we haven't heard of. Someone we haven't heard of. Regardless, the difference between the usual USC hype train and then this year's hype train is they have a coach now. So I do think we're going to see some instant results here for the Trojans. I definitely think they're headed to a bowl game. Possibly a Pac-12 South championship. And UCLA is loaded next year. DTR coming back. Like you said, Mua Sau, They they did really well in the transfer portal. And they're returning a lot of, of big guys on both sides of the ball. So I, I do think that game will decide the Pac-12 South next year.
1: I actually share the same sentiment about Cal. I think if there's one North team I'm scared of the most outside of the Ducks, it's Cal. And it's because... They showed their potential. If they didn't get COVID, they were still going bowling after some awful losses. Um, but my Pac-12 North prediction, I think Oregon State goes 1-2 and two or 0-3 oh out of conference. And yet I think the Oregon-Oregon State game will still decide the Pac-12 North. Wow. Oregon State's out of conference slate is we, bad. we host Fresno State. No, we host Boise State to start the year. At
2: Fresno State. And
1: then we go at Fresno State, and then we play Montana State, who is just in the FCS who championship Who made that game. schedule? I do not know. Why Oregon do they do State, this, man? This, this is what irritates me in the pac Yeah, it's it's a brutal schedule. So I, I honestly do not see Oregon State, just just based on their track record, I hope. I think they're capable of winning all three of those. But I, I can just easily see us going one or two, even 0-3 in a disaster start. But I think will regroup by conference play and be the UCLA of this year. But that's my early take for the North. And for the South, I'm just going to go right out and say it, guys. UCLA has the schedule. They have all the right guys at all the right time. They've got Chip Kelly. They've got the momentum. I think UCLA wins the Pac-12 South with flying colors. With flying colors. I think USC is going to trip up a few places, including uh, in the USC-UCLA game. And national predictions. Uh, I'll, I'll go first just because I'm on a rollover here. I don't think Ohio State loses a game next year. Whoa. Wow. And and that includes the national title.
2: Oh, well, man. Well, I'm going to – I can't call this a hot take. I think Alabama is going to absolutely run through people next year. Bryce Young going to come out and win the Heisman. Here comes Colts. Hawaii 15-0. Or, or U of A. And then we would disown him if that were the case. Uh, but, yeah, really really no hot takes over here. Alabama, I think, goes undefeated next year.
0: So I've got Hawaii in the Sugar Bowl. Also, Dylan Gabriel, I have him winning the starting job at Oklahoma. I have him leading Oklahoma to the playoff. And I say he will be in New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Wow. All three on day one of season two. My goodness. Sheesh. That's...
1: That's pretty ridiculous. Um, an idea we're going to implement this uh, season, or off-season, I guess, is the uh, Pacific Board of View, uh, or Bulletin <laughs> Board, if you say. No, I on the name. We can work on the name if we want to, but um, as we have hot takes throughout the season, you know, we'll put them on the board. It's not a physical board. We have one at our apartment, but I don't know if that's what we'll use yet. But Man, we'll, we'll We have find, a board right here. Yeah, we'll find something. We could put it up here even. Um, but we'll find a way. We'll find a way. Um, we might put some of these picks up there. Just uh, yeah. definitely that Dylan Gabriel one sounds like it would be yeah. on. I'd, I'd be willing to put UCLA winning the South on there because yes. I'm confident about that one.
2: But, yeah, those are the picks. We uh, need some post-it notes. We do. Can we need
0: post-it notes in here? I think we could.
1: I think we do. Um, I don't have any on hand. Me neither.
2: There are some shows we can take down.
1: Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. Like replay, replay value. value yeah, get it g- off get there. Get it off there. That's
0: ridiculous. <laughs> is our same audience still listening? We haven't even talked about. This is an eight o'clock show now. Yeah. No. I. I. Uh, on Thursday nights. I let some people know. I saw the Pacific Point of View Twitter. Got shot off
1: a tweet. Oh, yep. let's go. Shout out Hayden Weber. But uh, <laughs> to to keep the mascot matchup alive, uh, the NFL playoffs are going. So Whoa. boys, um, let's let's do some mascot matchup with the eight teams remaining in the NFL playoff.
2: No teams. No Cardinals.
1: I've got them right here. No Cardinals. Ugh. 49ers, Packers, Bengals, Titans, Rams, Buccaneers, Bills, and Chiefs is what we got here. Do we? Do we want to do a? I know Colt said we, he wanted to do a free for all, but this is a democracy after all. Would you rather do matchup based <laughs> or free for all?
2: Let's let's go matchup based. I, I think that'll that okay. help us narrow it out a little bit.
1: So. All right, that's fair. So what's a 49er again? Like a minor? Like a minor. I
2: disagree disrespectfully.
0: <laughs>
1: Uh, we've got a miner versus a cheese and meat packer.
2: Uh, I like the miner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Michael Phoenix Jr. is actually yeah, going to be drafted. I, I by like
2: the, uh, the 49ers to beat the Meat Packers. I would,
1: um, I would agree. The Meat Packers uh, getting paid minimum nah, wage I got the miners. Yep. Colts. Yeah, big minors. fan of the miners
2: here. Um,
1: next game
2: we have. <laughs> this is going to be the last show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we have Bengals.
2: We just missed Safe Harbor hours. Dang it.
1: I know, we're so close. Man. I almost requested a move up. <laughs> um, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals, the Bengals, versus the Titans. Uh, the Bengals. What? Versus the a Titan? T- so, okay, what is a Titan? A Titan is like a, the one step down from a god.
2: Yeah. Oh, a Titan. I, I was thinking like a Spartan for some reason. No, no like yeah. A titan. Give, me, give me a Titan. I thought you were being sarcastic. No, I'm I'm sorry. I was I was thinking of like a Spartan or like. But a But like knight. you just
1: let out like an exasperated sigh, like yeah, Bengals. No, I was yeah, like, you're. What?
2: Well, the Google pictures are weird, but yeah,
1: I
0: mean, they're weird? I can't, how weird? Maybe like the Teen Titans. <laughs> yeah, that looks a little creepy. Oh my god, I don't, oh I don't know. What's, I, don't,
2: I don't know what's going on there, but I
0: almost don't want to pick them anymore. Yeah,
2: um,
1: yeah, I'll take the Titans. I feel like the Titans. Not, not to spoil anything, but who's
2: stopping the Titans?
1: <laughs> who's stopping the Titans? Uh, we don't know yet.
2: We'll how get about, there. We'll get there.
1: Okay. Um, how about the other five just team up right now and try to fight the Titans? I don't know. Okay, Rams versus Buccaneers.
2: That's such a weird matchup. It uh, is.
1: Probably, Buccaneers got a Buccaneers, gun. Brush. Probably a Buccaneer. He's got, he's got the big smoking bow gun and, you know, the Rams. I think. The cannon on the ship. Yeah, I think Buccaneers win. Uh, Bills, Chiefs. That's a good one. Buffalo chiefs are, they're like trained. But the chief, think about it. The chief has gotten fat and lazy because he hasn't had to hunt in a while. Whoa.
2: So the bill, the buffalo bill.
1: How? I think that's valid. It's like the leader. Yeah.
2: Well, the bill. I mean, again, it's it's like, is it a single or is it multiple? Although, wait,
1: the chief. I think is made the chief because of how good they are at like. The chief's bread and butter is like killing like like buffaloes, things
0: like that, cattle, things like yeah. The chief's got this in the bag. You, okay, still, but it's know. a buffalo. human versus animal in this case though the human is equipped with weapons Buffaloes
1: bu- have you ever seen a buffalo have you yes, I went to Yellowstone I saw like thousands of buffaloes.
2: You do you should not question Damn, I my just got have you ever?
0: <laughs> I was like
1: yeah, I've seen buffaloes um, We don't I have mean, buffaloes. I've seen
2: the way. one on the commercials buffalo
1: wild wings. No, it's a good one That's a good one. Uh, you ever done the hot wings challenge? I have not. But Jared did. We watched, our, our, we watched Jared, former Pacific hey. Point of View member. He got a free shirt for, for winning. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was painful to watch, though. He was sweating a lot. When was that? That was, was like freshman year. Wow. Yeah, it was
0: kind of wild. Some Pepto-Bismol after
1: that. Uh, I Trust me, I was, he was crying by the time he finished. But like, I think because of the wings, I think he might have touched his eye or something. <laughs> yeah.
2: All right, so I, I, guess we'll, I guess we'll take the chief.
1: Oh, okay. We'll, chief, go, we'll yeah. go with Colt. Sounds good. Um, we've got the Niners versus the Titans. Uh, Titans. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck is a Niner going to
2: do? This is rigged from uh, the this start. Is, this yeah. is just uh, right, O.P. Bucc- uh, okay,
1: how about the... Okay, Buccaneers versus Chiefs. <laughs> probably the probably
2: Bucc- a, it's like Yeah, probably Buccaneers. It's like the Savage Chiefs versus the Civilized Buccaneers. spear Buccaneer.
1: versus a... a s-
2: <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: We got, I think we had guns versus non-guns.
1: Okay, so it, the question is, is a Titan vulnerable to gunfire i think that's going to be key here. probably
2: not hmm how to beat a titan <laughs> this is <an laughs> yeah important i mean question. our titans are in product level no.
1: eight titans <laughs> impervious <laughs> to gunfire okay
2: how to defeat titan first of all delete your game and get the hacked version <laughs> what I think this is something that Well, according to
1: uh roommate
2: Michael Boski What game is the this NFL is guided fight too.
1: The NFL is guided. Boski is very passionate about that. We need to we need to start taking calls.
0: And get um, him on to talk about the guidedness, if that's even a word, of sports. I agree, I agree. We're kinda
2: just not rigged but guided.
0: We're kinda just wandering. We've got we've got some time left and uh, this is like the first
1: time in Pacific point of view history that I think I mean, the Titans win, obviously. Yeah. That we've got a little time here. I mean I think we can talk about some of the stuff we're going to be doing, you know, as the show goes on in the off season. Hey, you
0: pull up that Google Doc.
1: Yeah, we don't, I mean, we don't really know, but like, you know, March Madness, we'll definitely do a March Madness thing up in here. Oh, Um,
0: uh, the face filter thing, where we put face filters on different quarterbacks. We don't know if we're going to do that one
1: yet. That (laughs) one's still in the, We don't uh, have a a
2: big enough visual audience. Yeah,
1: exactly. That, it's more of a visual gag. Um, don't worry, we'll still find ways to, like, torture Colt with, like, not necessarily names. I mean, I guess we
2: could come up with a name. Maybe in the transfer portal. You know yeah. what? Spell Josavian Valaday. Yeah, there we go. Just Jiz- take a stab at Jizavian? it. Jazavian? Yeah.
0: Just as a practice. Okay. J. Incorrect. <laughs> it's not fair, bro. <laughs>
2: How do you spell Jazavian without a J? I don't think you want to know. G? Nope. What? All right, game Th- over. This is rigged. Josavian Valaday is X-A-Z-A-V-I-A-N-V-A-L-L-A-D-A-Y. That's disgusting. The next running back for your Arizona State Sun Devils. Oh, man. That is absolutely wow. brutal. I mean, I guess we could talk more about the transfer portal. I mean, I mean, we, we kind of hit on that nah, a I don't lot. don't want to It's hear been about huge. That.
1: I mean, uh, the playoff, obviously we want it expanded. Um, I mean, the... I guess we could talk. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead.
2: Right. <laughs> We're just I mean, ripping here. Yeah, oh, like commercials? Yeah, should, we, I... should
1: we keep up to date on our commercial power rankings this year? That was fun. That, that was works. a yeah. fun little thing.
2: Well, I was just going to really quickly add that I think – transfer portal regulation is needed. I mean, I don't know oh, if you guys I agree. agree. I yeah. guys transferring or putting their name in the portal in the middle of the season, I think is is kind of ridiculous. I, I think agree. there should be windows. I think if you want to make everybody eligible and at any time, I think you need to definitely have periods where guys can transfer and periods mm-hmm. where they cannot transfer. Or if it's just a free for all, then you need to limit who can transfer. And they say, oh, a one-year transfer rule. How is it that JT Daniels is all of a sudden able to re-transfer? Yeah. I mean, maybe now he's a grad transfer where he wasn't previously. I don't know how that works. But it's kind of ridiculous how much of a free-for-all it is. And it's it's crazy. We're going to see teams look completely different. I think, like Hawaii. I,
1: I think if they make a window kind of like uh, recruiting where they got national signing day, like national transfer day deadline or something like that. Um, and then obviously, I think anyone that tries to transfer past that window should have to get special approval, like yeah. for a reason why they didn't transfer before. Like you could say, oh, I don't, you know, I didn't realize I had Clay Helton as a coach until after the, you know, deadline, something like that.
2: Right. Like a coaching change. Like or... I didn't
1: realize I, there's a bunch of Hawaiians here. I don't, you know, I want to transfer something like <laughs> something
0: like that. And to the group of five point, I think now currently it's a battle for who can be the best farm system. To one of these bigger schools, because yeah. if you're a good Group of Five team, you know, like like Hawaii's athletes, we weren't even you know a great team this past year, but all of our best players have leveled up. I mean, we got guys going to Oklahoma, UCLA, all over the place now, and and now it's just going to be a one and done thing just for the Group of Five. Yeah, uh, I forgot to ask actually. Uh, do you guys think Bryce
1: Young deserved to win the Heisman? No. I, I In don't. In favor I... of who though? Kenny. Give it to Kenny Pickett. He, he made a move so filthy, they had to change the rule book. You know, that's fair. That's you know, fair. I, yeah. I
2: think that alone should have warranted something. And then Bailey's, I mean, I'm not saying Bailey Zappi should have won, but I think he should have got a little more consideration than he got. I and, agree. And I don't even have the stats up. Honestly, he put Will up,
1: Anderson Jr. low-key should have won.
2: Yeah, I mean, one of the most dominant in even eight you could have made a case for what's Aiden Hutchinson or mm-hmm. this could have been a year where a defensive player could have won it, but let's see, who won it last year? Was it Devonte? Yeah. Yes. See, was, this was yeah. just one of those nondescript Heisman years where you say, Oh, if you know, Christian McCaffrey would have played this year, he would have absolutely ran away with it. And it's unfortunate because this would have been a year where like if a Pac twelve guy had that kind of a season, mm-hmm. he probably would have won. But uh, you know Bailey Zappi. You look at his numbers here. Like I was saying, he passed Colt Brennan, dang near six thousand passing yards. Yeah, ridiculous. Sixty-two touchdown passes. Yep. I mean, that is just ridiculous.
0: It I, is. Yeah, he
2: broke. Yeah, he broke Colt Brennan's record. I believe he broke Burrow as well. Yeah, he he absolutely shattered everybody's record. Yeah. Absolutely came out of nowhere. Granted, Western Kentucky wasn't great this year. I mean, they were what eight and five or eight and six or something like that. Doesn't Hawaii play them? We uh,
0: host them second game of the season. So, Hawaii opens up with Vanderbilt, and then they play Western Kentucky. Third game of the season is at Michigan. What, what do you think their record
1: will be in those three games? Um, 3-0. <laughs> it's, that, it's that off-season optimism. See, Col- while there's no games in the op- off-season, you can maintain that optimism the whole time, the whole way. It's true. So, there you go.
2: And ASU, their first five games are, are tough. I don't know if you guys have seen the schedule. Yeah, Oklahoma actually... State. NAU <laughs> at Oklahoma State, Eastern Michigan, who just made a bowl game this year. Utah at USC. I think my hot take is that I think they'll
1: start 3 0 for ASU. I, I think they'll I actually think they'll beat Oklahoma yeah. State. That is a Herm Edwards. Surprising. Early season
2: surprising win. Personally, I would prefer that they beat Utah. More than USC and Oklahoma State for the conference win. The conference win and their fans have gotten cocky. All right, they're trying to drum up a rivalry on Twitter right now, trying to claim that this is a rivalry and there's all this hatred. Like ASU fans don't want it. Yeah, we feel like we're a little bit above that, but um, and then they come back after they beat us. They're like, oh yeah, it's not a rivalry because we dominate this match. Like if you look at the historical matchup, ASU dominates the matchup. Yeah. I have
0: no idea who plays in uh, week four, but if ASU is
2: undefeated going into that
0: and Utah... U- it's Utah. We could get college game day you know, potentially we always, in Tempe, bro. We've we always
2: in... say that, but someone always falters before... The that fact that Georgia happens. got it like three times this year was egregious. College <laughs> game day has fallen off, and that's my last take. Young boy better, yeah. Desmond Howard is keeping the thing afloat. Um, I love Desmond Howard. Kirk Herbstreit still good. I think he's kind of weirdly lost his edge a little bit. Yes. And then, just there's not as much excitement anymore around it as there used to be. Like, I don't know what they're it on is. on campuses
1: that didn't care.
2: Yeah, like Georgia so, didn't care at the end. Like you mentioned, they had so many, so many games that it just it was meaningless. And to you them. can
0: see Big Noon Kickoff kind of coming up. I, I yeah. like I don't the. Know about reg- that. I I, nah, I think they right. are. They're doing all right. With like right. Reggie Bush and Liner to them. Yeah. All right. Well, uh,
1: there we go, guys. It's the last episode. You know, for for the twenty twenty one season. From here. We're looking forward. We're only looking ahead. So uh, last thoughts on this season.
2: I, like I this mean, the show just ended. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, my, my final thought is that it was a crazy season that ended up being kind of normal. And we hmm. kind of were at the beginning. We saw all those upsets, and especially when Bama lost to Texas A&M, people are thinking, this is crazy. This is the craziest season since 2007. Watch Michigan State or Michigan win the, win the title or some Cincinnati -hmm. And we ended up with two SEC teams, so it was a little bit of an anticlimactic finish, but in all, it was a fun season. Agreed.
0: I just think it was so fun that Cincinnati made the playoff, and now that they didn't win a game in the playoff and they didn't look that good, now it'll probably never happen again until they expand the playoff.
1: What a what a note to end on. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. (laughs) I'm Colt Almadova. And with that, we wave goodbye.